This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I was having a Tom Powers moment there, but it was off the air. Thank, Thank God. <laughs> nobody nobody ever heard that Tom Powers moment. Kevin Seifert from the NFL Nation blog on ESPN.com. So what kind of precedent is being set by Kirk Cousins here? on the guaranteed contract. I don't think we're going to have guaranteed contracts uh, being given out willy-nilly, Kevin, but I think it might be a trend that you take a shorter contract with a lot more, with a lot higher percentage of it guaranteed. Well, and the real trick, though, is getting yourself in that position in the first place. Yes. Um, I think that was the probably the harder part um, than demanding what he demanded, um, because once you get on the market, as a in your prime, you know, certainly above average quarterback on the free agent market without any compensation needed to sign, then you can basically write your own check. You know, you can you can decide what you want. What will be the test is how many players, if any, and I think Kirk Cousins even alluded to this today, how many players, if any, are willing to basically fend off all in any and all uh early extension offers from the teams they're playing play out their contracts, challenge them to either franchise tag them or let them go on the market and just keep going until the team runs out of steam, which is basically what Chris did with the Redskins. He had the advantage of being a quarterback where the franchise tag is much higher than for most positions. So for his sacrifice, he earned $44 million the past two years. So uh, he certainly had that to fall back on. If you're, say, a... You know, a, a, a linebacker um, where your the tag number is going to be much lower. Uh, it's still going to be pretty nice, but it's it's going to be much lower, and and, and conceivably you're going to maybe uh, feel more pressure to sign that long term deal. So that's uh, what will determine whether it's a trend or an aberration is how many players are willing to stick it out as long as he did. So a guy like Anthony Barr, if he wanted to, uh, you know, say okay. I'm going to sign for four years, but you got to give me two-thirds of it guaranteed because I know if I get hurt, you're going to come and steal it back to me from me. Uh, what would it? They they would just franchise him for what a fourteen million dollar, fifteen million dollar linebacker, yeah, yeah, less, less, even less yeah. than that. Huh? Yeah, and so he, you know, that he 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 couldn't even he probably wouldn't be in position to ask that until he hit the market. Um, yes, the Vikings could franchise tag him for a couple years. And remember, another thing about quarterbacks doing that is they tend to have a much longer shelf life. You know, they play well into their thirties. Yes, right. You don't see a whole lot of linebackers, um, especially you know, taking the bar example. You don't see a whole lot of linebackers uh, who rely on speed and their athleticism and being able to run playing you know much into their thirties. And so that is another thing to, to consider is uh, is how long their career is going to be in the first place. In order for an Anthony Barr to do it, he'd basically have to fend off all offers, play it out, uh, you know, wait and see if they franchise him. If they did, play under the franchise tag. If they want to do it again, play under it again. Then get to the market and hope you're and not then he's, too then he's too 29 old to, uh, by then and might have yeah, a bad knee. Right. So. right. Uh, well, the, other, the, the, the one thing that the NFL – 
I mean, they did they did so many things to him in the last negotiations, but when they started getting. They they convinced the players who were voted on this that why should all these draft choices be getting all the money? Why should all these guys just coming into the league yeah. be getting the money? You know, they're taking all that money and then we're not giving it to you. Well, those are you. Those are you. Those are the, you know the guy who's coming in and having to take yeah. the five year contract and the four instead of the four year deal. That's you. <laughs> you right, right. right. So if the if the average contract is four years, uh, or the average career is four years, yes, left, right. and you get drafted and you have to sign a, a three or a four year contract, then you at a lower at an artificially lower rate, then you basically just told all those guys they're going to make less money than they would have made otherwise. Um, and there's not a whole lot of leeway there. We even have seen, like in the Russell Wilson um, example, where he was, you know, there's the rule that you can't even get a contract. You're not even eligible for contract extension until you have three accrued seasons. He became a starter as a rookie, so he was yeah. a great player for the three years before <laughs> it was under conversation about whether he got a raise. And as and the round he was drafted in, what was he making? Like less than a mil, right? Yeah. Know, so yeah. that so the, the unsung part of the Seahawks Super Bowl uh, window was that they they were paying their quarterback nothing. Yeah. So they could they could pay all the all other guys. All defensive acquired. guys. Um, yeah. Exactly. You say, well, it is. Uh, yeah, it is an amazing thing. But the, given that what, the five year for the. Uh, First rounders came in the last time too, right? They they threw on yeah. the extra year for the first rounders. Yeah, you, you have a. I mean, it's a high number for that fifth round fifth, uh, year option, but you you have the ability to to keep them off the market and or stave off a franchise tag decision as well. Oh, well, this is a uh, uh, you know the most dramatic Viking signing. I mean, Favre was forty years old when he played his yeah. first game here, uh, and you know Warren Moon was a Hall of Famer, but he was thirty-eight years old. We haven't seen anything like this since Tarkington came back at age thirty-two. Uh, how good is this guy? You know that that's the that's the the part that's been sort of not as discussed as the contract and the precedent and all that is is he really a guy that. Um, the team should be falling over each other to get, or are they doing that just because it's such a rare uh, moment where anybody even close to as good as um, as he is, is is available? I think he is a top ten to top fifteen quarterback. Um, we might find out that that um, that he was in such a bad situation in Washington that had he had it just been a normal you know, franchise with normal coaching and normal, you know, turnover and all that kind of thing that he, they would have, he would have been much more respected, but, and we might find out that without him, uh, they would have been, you know, maybe they would have been two and 14 every season, who knows, but the general consensus around the league is that he's a, a really smart, diligent player, um, who has a little bit more mobility in the pocket than you might think, but isn't, the transcendent type player who can single-handedly lead a team somewhere where they otherwise wouldn't go. Um, and there's not that many of those guys. There's probably five. There's Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, um, Ben Roethlisberger, um, off of, and maybe Matt Ryan. I don't know. But that there's not. It's you know. There's it, no crime and no insult to Kirk Cousins to say no. he's not in the top five, but he isn't. And so they had to pay at that level. Uh, because that's the situation they were in. But I think they, if, if it goes the way NFL people think it'll go, he'll be 
you know, other than Favre, the best quarterback uh, the Vikings have had in, in this generation. Kevin, this has got to be a world record for an NFL team to have three quarterbacks leave and become well-paid starters. Uh, we don't know if Teddy's going to be the starter or not, but yeah. presumably he will. Uh, <laughs> be well-paid starters in other locations. Uh, yeah. it is a, it's an astounding, it's been an it's astounding like inex- four days here, that's for sure. In, in, inexplicably odd, though. Like You have a team that feels it's so determined to, <laughs> to go get a new quarterback that they paid more than anybody's ever paid in history in terms of guaranteed yeah. money and then they had three guys that had been on their roster that all scattered to other places <laughs> you know i don't know if it's sam but i you also couldn't have made a slam dunk argument that one of those guys should have been retained uh no. instead of instead of kirk maybe you know keenum um who you could have gotten cheaper and and maybe isn't as good but certainly isn't a third of as good as what kirk cousins is and that's what the money end up difference being but uh, just a, a exceedingly odd and probably unique to history um, situation where a team felt so uh, obliged to go get a new quarterback while they had three on their roster that ended up scattering to other teams. <laughs> hey, Kevin, uh, Mike Kliss, who covers the Broncos for the Denver Post, unless he got laid off by those scumbags. Oh, he now is at, uh, at WUSA. He is a uh, full-time okay. TV beat writer now. Okay. Oh, so he's doing TV. But anyway, yep. he told me at, uh, at the Super Bowl that uh, Elway, you know, when there were cousins to Denver rumors, he said Elway would uh, rather pay $18 million for Case Keenum than uh, high 20s for Kirk Cousins. And he uh, he was right. Uh, you know, that's a, he, he, you know, despite Denver's uh, mild romancing with Cousins, he he didn't think that the yeah, and they, Elway and, and was going to pay that much for a quarterback. Right, and he had, you know, the, the Manning uh, signing had, had kind of gotten everybody excited. You know, that's in his history, and in, in John Elway's history, and then maybe he would try to pursue the same thing, or maybe he would try to get Drew Brees, or maybe he would, you know, do something. Certainly as somebody who's willing to step out and sign a, a you know, veteran quarterback, um, for big money, but uh, I could also see him, you know, looking at the at the tape of Kirk Cousins, comparing it to Case Keenum, and not seeing the difference um, in talent or skill uh, relative to the difference in the money that the money was going to be. So I could certainly that that's very a very defensible position, and I think we all think that John Elway knows something about quarterbacking. Kevin, uh, uh, you might have heard today is the 98th birthday of Sid Hartman, <laughs> and uh, you, uh, you you were with us. 99th, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I just say his sister told me that. I'm not saying <laughs> it is. I, you know, I she seemed perfectly aware of her surroundings when she Correct. told me that. But yeah. uh, you you were with us what 15 years? Four out of 12. Yeah, I had nine. I came in 99 and left in 08 at the start. Oh, I didn't know you left that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, your life, uh, all of our lives as sports writers would have been less interesting if we didn't get to work with Sid. Wouldn't you agree to that? Uh, I would have no stories to tell, that's for sure. And, <laughs> and, and with Sid, I think I have an unlimited number of stories that I never have to repeat to the same audience. <laughs> and the good news is... You got the stories about Sid competing with you when you yeah. worked with him, right? That was, uh, yeah. He, I mean, it was occasionally uh, uh, visible to me, but often told to me later that uh, 
uh, it had been encouraged for news to be flowed through Sid and me <laughs> at that at that time. But you know, we, we that's half the fun of being a beat writer is competing. Oh, sh- and you don't necessarily expect to compete with somebody at your own place. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's uh, I, of course I I go back to '63 as a copy boy with him, but uh, it was uh, it is uh, it is an amazing story and uh, and an amazing character because. Uh, I don't. Are you you got one that you want to tell us that uh, that you uh, that's not well, going to get you in too much trouble. Prince, my favorite story is the Prince story um, with Sid. Well, uh, when when Prince was the um, was the mm-hmm. halftime show at the Super Bowl when it was in Miami. Sid was down there. He has a place in Fort Lauderdale, so he decided to, to be down in his. Or at least he used to. And then he came, he came over to the uh, to the media area, and he didn't. He knew that the all he knew was that the halftime. Uh, uh, guy was was had a Minnesota connection, so he thought it might be a good note for him. Uh, we told him the guy's name was Prince. He goes, "Oh yeah, I know Prince." And so he had Bob Hagen, who's the Vikings PR director. He went over to him and said, "Hey, uh, hey, uh, Bob, I, that, that's Prince guy. Give me a minute with him. I want to talk to him for this for my column." And Bob, who is uh, you know a very earnest and capable PR person kind of took a deep breath and said, Sid, I don't know, man. You know, that Prince isn't the kind of guy that does a walk and talk uh, too often <laughs> with people. And as you know, he's very eccentric, but part of being the Super Bowl halftime show is that you have to uh, to do a press conference. And so Prince did set up for a press conference. Bob told him, to, Sid, to meet him uh, at, at behind the scenes beforehand, and he tried to get him through. And, and he got, Bob got Sid, uh, you know, as far as he could, and they looked down the hallway, and there was Prince kind of walking to him, and Sid did what he always did, does, and chased down the interview. Hey, Prince, hey, Prince, hey, hey, Prince, Sid Harmon, I got to talk to you. And, like, everybody was silent, and, like, all these security guys turned around. No no one could believe that someone was so audacious as to, as to uh, try to, uh, to flag down Prince being as eccentric as he was, and so, like, it was silent for a second, and Sid, looked at Prince, and Prince looked at Sid, and then Prince goes, Mr. Harbin, how are you, sir? <laughs> and he, uh, he interviewed him for about five minutes, and then, uh, and so he became the, uh, the, the, uh, the two most famous people in the history of Minnesota finally met at the <laughs> halftime show in Miami, and I thought that was pretty cool. All right, sir. Hey, Kevin, thanks for your time, sir. All right, Patrick. All right, the great Kevin Seifert, NFL Nation uh, blog on ESPN. We'll be back. You're along for the ride with Royce. That is some boring radio, boy. I know. On 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Hello. Hello. (laughs) It's me. Where's the party? I was wondering if after all these years you'd like The sports person of the day has to be uh, Sidney Hartman, 98 years old today on the Ides of March. We'll go with 98. Uh, His sister told me 1919, but uh, what the heck. Uh, I think there's documents out there that say 1920. Got a shout-out today for Kirk Cousins, like he knew he would. All over Twitter, salutes from all the teams in town to uh, Sidney today. And, of course, I go back to 1963. I was, uh, my dad uh, lined me up uh, with Ted Peterson, who was the high school guy at the Minneapolis Tribune. And uh, my dad knew him from uh, town team baseball. 
because Ted had been around forever, and Ted was sort of the outstate equivalent of what Sid was in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. as far as cover. You know, he covered the high schools. He was the the high school guy and the amateur baseball guy when amateur baseball was huge, and they actually they'd go cover the state tournament for ten days, and Ted would do it, and he got to meet my dad, and my dad, you know, wanted me to get a job when I was going to go to the university in uh, 1963 to pay for a few of my own bills, so he called the Star Tribune, uh, the Tribune then, and uh, Ted came down and let me talk to him and gave me a job as a copy boy, and the Sid was the sports editor then, the boss then, and uh, it was, uh, I probably went to work there in early August and uh, was working, started off working uh, Fridays and Saturdays, and then they added Sundays to my shift, and it was one gorgeous Sunday afternoon in October, and uh, pasture beer parties were rather popular in the uh, in the Prior Lake area, which sure. I just, I'd only been in living there since June, but I got to meet some of the fellows around the beer cake, and uh, on, a, on a Sunday afternoon, it was, you know, like 68 and sun, one of those fall days. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, for the uh, first time in my short working career, I'd uh, I'd worked some that summer on various jobs, but uh, I called in sick to the uh, Tribune that I wouldn't be in that day. And this is this was back when Sid would write his own notes. You didn't have to type up his stuff or any, so it wasn't really. There was somebody else working. It was a quiet Sunday and. Uh, uh, the Vikings were playing, I suppose. Uh, I, I guess that's... And uh, so we're out there drinking beer. And about 5.30 in the afternoon, the farmer's truck comes rolling up the hill, up the... I thought We thought maybe he was going to tell us the cops were coming or something. Sure. He, called, he comes up and he says, is Patrick Ricey here? Oh, Pete, no. Patrick Ricey here? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, it's me. And he said... Sid Hartman wants you to call him at the office. Oh, no. He found me. You know, the old days of no cell phones, no anything. He could find anybody on the telephone in the world. And he proved it to me by finding me in a pasture drinking beer and tell, making me call him and tell him to, telling him me to get my ass to work. And I drove in after having eh, maybe a couple of beers. I was in good shape. But... Uh, but you know what? Never called in sick again in my life when I wasn't sick. So and, I've and never heard this story. So yes, he found you in the middle of me, a pasture. Found me in a pasture outside Prior Lake drinking beer at five thirty in the afternoon. Holy cow! So I, then I had to then I had to use my reporting skills to find out how the hell he found me. Yeah. And he found my dad. He called home, and my dad says, "Oh, I think he's out drinking beer." Oh, and no. uh, you know, and my dad said, "Well, who's?" He says, well, where would he be? And he says, I don't know. He said, well, who are some of his friends? So he got the names of some of my friends, called some of those parents, got some of those parents who kind of knew where the beer party was, and he called the farmer. It it was a process. It had to take him a while, but, uh, you know, I was I got to work about 6.30, a couple hours late, so... Uh, uh, and that was your last sick day. It called it. It <laughs> taught me a damn valuable lesson. The only one he ever taught me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the other story I remember uh, from my copy boy days is Dartmouth is playing. They always played at the end of the year against Princeton. Dartmouth is playing Princeton okay. for the 
Ivy League title. And they used to have a gathering uh, on Friday nights of when the Gophers were playing a football game in Minneapolis. There'd be a little gathering of, you know, media types. Murray'd come and make a stop. And there'd be some, boost, you know, important boosters there, too. Sure. You know, yep. a couple of important business guys. Well, one of these guys at this little gathering told Sid that a kid from Thief River Falls was the star running back, I think, on the Dartmouth team. Because uh, Bob Blackman was the coach. He later went to Iowa. And, and Sid comes back at 11 o'clock at night and gives me the name of the hotel where the Dartmouth football team is playing. Holy cow. Because he wants to talk to this kid. And I said, Sid, it's midnight. They're playing tomorrow. Eastern time zone. There's no way they're going to hook you up with a with a, uh, a a football player at midnight when he's got a game tomorrow. And, you know, we, the bus is leaving in eight hours right. for the game. And he said, just call the damn number. So I call the number, tell the gal at the desk, I got to get Paul Jackman, something like that. Uh, I, I could look up his name. But, and she says, no, you can't get, he's a player. You can't get his number. And I said, so I said, yeah, that's what I thought. I hung up. And I said, and Sid said, so I said, Sid, they, they won't put me through. And he said, give me that damn phone. And he got the phone and he called the, he called her and he browbeat her. She wouldn't put him through the player to the player, but he got Bob Blackman on the telephone at midnight before the championship Ivy League game to get one paragraph in on a kid from Thief River Falls who was uh, playing for that team. He could be the most abusive guy in history with phone operators. It was unbelievable. He would beat them to death until they would uh, send him uh, somewhere. And my other favorite story is my guy Gene Mock. (laughs) Sid did the pregame show, right? Mm -hmm. The the six or seven minute manager's interview with CCO on the radio. And uh, he would call, and he would call. They would just did it on the phone, you know. They get the man. He, you know, he had it set up. And Mock was a obstinate guy. And we were sitting in the dugout one day at like four o'clock in the afternoon on the road before BP. I think I told you guys. And the phone rang in the dugout, and it rang twenty five times. And I looked at Mock. I wasn't going to answer it. Mock and I were the only two guys sitting there. Maybe three thirty in the afternoon, and he's smoking his cigarette. And we're talking, and I kind of give him this quizzical look, like, "Why aren't you answering the phone?" He says, "How would you like to wake up every morning knowing one thing you had to do that day was talk to Sid Hartman?" <laughs> <laughs> and about three minutes later, phone rings another twenty times. Finally, later, you know, eventually, Mock must have answered the phone and did the pregame with him. But Mock, Mock would not be intimidated by those rings. But, but I asked Sid about it once. He says, "Yeah, it used to drive me crazy. I couldn't get him to answer the phone." He's, I said, "That's because he didn't want to talk to you." I'm just picturing too. He's sitting on the top of the dugout. No, he's just sitting. We were on the bench. Or that's there, right. the bench, okay. Just, having his heater. Yeah, getting that last drag up before he's like. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, well let's well, get this I'm over not, with. I'm not, no, he never. I don't know when he finally talked to him, but <laughs> I sat through 45 rings, 25 one time and 20 the next, and he didn't answer the phone. Now, before he informed me, did you know that that was what the call was no, for? No, I didn't know. Okay. He, said, he just looked at me, and then, well... I started to think, okay, that's got to be Sid wanting to do that. But I, I never knew for sure until Mock said that. One of my that is greatest fantastic. quotes of all time. All right, we'll be back. You earlier, gentlemen, asked what was wrong with Johnny today. I'll tell you what's wrong with him. He knows the Vikings have the best roster in the NFC North as a Packer fan, and now he knows they have a quarterback. He's nervous. He's scared. Me? Yes. No. Plus, he's brokenhearted that the Jordy, no- El- Jordy Nelson era is the Raiders. Over. Gone to the Raiders. Jordy, Already got a two-year deal. Yeah. Jordy got a two-year deal today from the Raiders. That's part of my mm-hmm. update, as a matter oh, of fact. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it then, Johnny. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. Vikings making the signing of Kirk Cousins official today. Introduced him at a press conference about an hour ago. He was asked why the Vikings are a good fit. Uh, winning is what I said it would be all about, and uh, uh, it's true. I, I, I came here because of the chance to win. I felt like it was it was uh, probably the best chance, um, and, and that's all that matters in this business. But more importantly than that, um, the, the chance to win comes from the fact that I believe in the leadership of this organization. <laughs> By the way, uh, his uh, agent said uh, he did not take the biggest offer on the table. So apparently, what a dummy! Well, the, the Jets, the Jets, uh, uh, the Jets were offering him more money. Yeah. Jets were going to offer him 150 mil guaranteed. Were the early rumors? What? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Raiders. Okay, he is dumb. But that was like six <laughs> years. That was a six-year, five or six. Years. But if it's guaranteed, it's guaranteed. Well, supposedly they're going to give him 60 the first year. $30 million signing bonus and $30 million of his money. Wow. That's kind of, you know, I like that, though. That's, that's like the guy that returns a winning uh, lottery ticket that's not his. I, I like a guy that's on with that. How about you, Kenny? Yeah, ex- except that guy isn't getting $84 million, the guy that returns no, a lottery ticket. So. No, no. Uh, the Raiders, as we said, uh, they added Jordy Nelson today and running back Doug Martin. And while they were doing that, they released receiver Michael Crabtree. Really? Yep. Nelson gets two years, fifteen million, uh, thirteen million of that guaranteed. Crabtree should sign with the uh, the Rams. He could fight with Aqib Talib every day. That'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, Crabtree apparently will be visiting Baltimore tomorrow to uh, work out for the Ravens. Yeah, go back to San Francisco and go up against uh, Richard Sherman, his old buddy, in practice. <laughs> we could use a guy like Crabtree with a big catch radius. Oh wait, we got Lacron. Yeah, we got him. We got one of those already. I forgot. This NCAA tournament today. Only upset really to speak about Loyola, Illinois defeated Miami, Florida 64-62. to A couple close games. Ohio State, uh, they did beat South Dakota State, but that was close for a while. And Gonzaga sneaked by UNCG. Other than that, the favorites all winning. The most impressive today. team today, I believe, uh, was the Tennessee Vols, right, uh, Manny? <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd jump on that quicker. Okay. The uh, Twins with an 8-1 to win today in exhibition baseball. Split squad action tomorrow for the Twins. Uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, Aaron Wise uh, is coming up strong here. Really? The Who the hell day. is he? I never heard of Who him. Who he play for? Uh, Henrik Stenson is at 8-under in the clubhouse in the lead, but Wise has picked up two strokes in the last two holes. He's now at 7-under through 16. And Taylor Gooch, just like the name, 
He's in third place at six under uh, through so t- 15. So Tiger's four under wasn't quite as magnificent as we thought it was. No, there are, there are several Bay guys. Hill must be playing rather easy today. Yeah, there's three guys tied at five under, and then Tiger's tied with four, five guys at four under. So there's a group of about a dozen of them that are at least four under. All right, Johnny. Thank you, sir. You bet. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. I'm not that good a driver. (laughs) I'm old. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of the ride with Royce today is brought to you by MetaFast Weight Control Centers. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Three for the lead. Got it! Got it! 12 to 1 by Rhode Island. Here comes Young. Wiggling, driving, scoring. Trey Young's uh, freshman career and his college career came to an end today for Oklahoma. He's uh, 100% to enter enter the uh, NBA draft, I'm sure. Averaged 27.4 points this year to lead the country and 8.7 assists to lead the country for Oklahoma uh, to lead Division I. They they just made assist an official statistic in 1983-84. First guy to lead in both uh, in uh, in all that time. And I didn't get to see it, but I guess he was great down the stretch, right, to uh, get him into overtime. Uh, he he kind of took over to get him into overtime when they were in trouble, and then they got beat by Rhode Island anyway. Yeah, yeah, he played pretty well, and he had been struggling the last yes, he the last half of the season. Teams were starting to trap him, and he just wasn't mm-hmm. shooting really well, and teams figured out how to guard him, but today he showed up. Well, they made him, uh, they didn't let him get the basket as much, right? They made him kind of yeah. shoot, but uh, Oklahoma... Uh, there's no. They ended up in the tournament because the NCAA wanted Trey Young in the tournament. That would be my guess because they they were only 18 and 14. They finished the season at 18 and 14. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, Trey Young is done. He'll be in the NBA next year. There we go. Uh, sad news for both of us, Reavers. Uh, Kermy Keeker. Has oh, died. I saw this. Yeah, the great Kermy uh, would have been uh, 90 in a couple of weeks. March 29th, I saw, was his birthday. He died yesterday. Uh, Dana's father, of course. And uh, I had the uh, privilege of meeting him when Dana was riding high with the Red Sox. And satellite TV was not located in many places. <laughs> and I'd heard that they all got together at the Fairfax Muni when Dana was pitching on Nesson. And I drove down there one day and uh, got to got to know, meet Kirby there and all his buddies. And Kirby and I became friends for uh, the rest of uh, the rest of his life. And uh, as I, I I try to find the column today, but I guess. Uh, I might have already been. When when was Dana having his time? That would have Late been about 80, 80. I think eighty six is when. Yeah, because I was through. probably st- I was still in Saint Saint Paul then, okay. so I I couldn't find it. But uh, the the I remember the column because everybody I met I've said this before. Kermy had like two thirds of his foot chopped off. Right, he got it caught in a combine and yep. almost bled to death. Yep, and like crawled out to the road and somebody saw him and before he bled to death. But everybody I. 
got introduced to as missing an arm or four fingers or all these farmers. You know, you know, you're in farm country when everybody you uh, everybody you meet has a half a limb or at least something's missing. They, you know, of that generation because they all stuck their hand That's in they someplace. Did. They 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 stuck their hand in, knowing they shouldn't. But damn it. Hey, they stuff had to, to get done. They wanted to get done haying, man. They didn't want. They wanted to. They didn't want to. You know, it was nine o'clock at night, and they wanted to get it done, and they stuck their hands in there. But you and I would see. You'd we'd see Kirby at the uh, at the state amateur baseball tournament every year. Pat, if we were lucky. You knew it was a big state amateur game if Kermy was in attendance. Mm, That's how up. you knew it was a big showdown. And uh, we, I think the last time I got to spend any time with him, you were down there too in Jordan. In Jordan. He was down yes. in Jordan yep. and he was he was doing you know, he he'd been having some real health problems and he was in a he was in a senior place but uh, he was he was doing damn good and uh, I he People wonder why I uh, go out state, uh, go to baseball games, and uh, and look for uh, you know go to small towns and do stuff. It's to meet guys like Kermie. That's yes, why I do it. Absolutely, He's a fantastic guy. And you know what? As I, I I don't know if you knew this or not, Pat, but this year's big uh, All Star game, the the DRS River Valley League All Star game, is in Fairfax. So oh, I, really? I well, we'll they... have a moment of silence for Kermie. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Uh, get Dana to throw out the did Dana or his other son to throw out the first ball in honor of uh, Kermie. That's for sure. Did you see uh, the John Skipper story, uh, gentlemen? No. Uh, the uh, resigned uh, president of ESPN. No. He uh, resigned in December because he was part of a uh, his his cocaine dealer was trying to extort money from him. Oh no! Yeah, apparently he had the bad coke problem, and uh, he went to the head of Disney, and the guy from Disney said, uh, "You better resign. Uh, we can, you know, you you better resign. You can't be paying extortion money to a coke dealer when we're uh, laying off seven thousand yeah, people. It's uh, it's time to uh, hang it up there, John, and we'll uh, we'll take another shot. Well, and it was weird because we didn't really hear a lot of specifics about the case at the time and there was no mm-hmm. financial compensation which you thought well wait a minute you're the head of ESPN that's a, that that's really odd holy cow yeah david price uh, made his spring debut for the red sox today and pitched four good innings uh, he's due to pitch the second game of the season i think their uh, whole season is uh, based on whether David Price can be a outstanding pitcher once again, because mm-hmm. uh, they're uh, they're definitely at a disadvantage lineup guy to the Yankees. By the way, did you see uh, Aaron Judge got a slight reprimand from baseball for yes, trying to so recruit Manny Machado? Well, you know, I'd like to see a downtrodden organization finally like pick that. up a bat like Manny. That Machado. would be good to get him in the lineup. Then poor Gary Sanchez would have to hit six. Oh my God! Instead of uh, you know Machado third, Judge fourth, Stanton no Stanton fourth, Judge fifth. Uh, uh, well, they they probably bat. Um, yeah, Machado would hit second, so that that would be a good lineup. It would be. Good. All right, we shall return. This is the Ride with Racing. Manny, do you have a daily complaint? I do, and I'm only, you know, mildly complaining about it because I really don't care, but I'm having some fun with this. Uh, This is from Chris Haynes. LeBron James asked if Damian Lillard is underappreciated. LeBron, quote, 
Give me Damian Lillard. I'll show you how appreciated he'll be. My complaint is tampering. 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 LeBron should be fine. That's tampering. That's right. Hey, LeBron, you can go there after this season if you want to. Go go play with him. By the way, they've won, what, 11 in a row or something? Portland, yeah. They're sitting in the the, uh, three spot right now. The poor Timberwolves are, uh, everybody around them is winning too many games. Come on. Give it, take it easy here. Spurs, uh, are they, Kawhi's not going to play tonight, but he's probably going to play against the Timberwolves, right? Of course he's going to play against the Wolves. That's what we, although early in the year they had a chance to play against a lot of They are sitting in the 10th spot in the uh, Western Conference. The Spurs, yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. They're in trouble. What do you got, Reavers? Um, I also have a not appreciated nugget here for you guys. I saw this earlier today. It was tweeted out by Andrew Siciliano. Julius Peppers, he just signed a one-year yeah. deal with the Carolina oh, Panthers man. to return for a 17th season, okay? For yeah. a five million bucks, I believe. The last UNC basketball teammate that he played with retired from the NBA three years ago. That's how good he has been in the NFL. Think about that. What is he now? Like 38, 39? Something Nobody, like that. But he's what also you, what only do you think met... His, what do you think his workout regimen oh, is? Oh, man. Like, man. But I saw another thing, too, where he's only missed two games in his entire career. Yep. And uh, as long as they you know, put him in on third down and let him go get the quarterback, he'll be fine. That yeah, is Packers. Yeah, Packers screwed up about one or two of his years by making him play linebacker. He's, right. right. he's going to have himself a nice bronze bust in Canton. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. For sure. oh man. That, he was a cinch about seven years ago. Yep. That's what's amazing. What's your uh, daily complaint, sir? My daily complaint is that people root against football players to get their money. That people are complaining, uh, you know, I don't think Viking fans are, but uh, you see these complaints about Cousins getting $84 million guaranteed. Teddy Bridgewater, I wrote a column saying how the Vikings were, uh, you know, if they told their contract, uh, what a horrible thing it would be. And people said, well, he didn't play for two years. He doesn't deserve more than money. Yes, he does. He got hurt playing football. He got, you know, the the... It's the most brutal game ever, and people root against them to get their money. It drives me crazy. It, uh, you know, this is. I'm uh, with you. I'm. I think this Kirk Cousins thing's the greatest thing ever happened. You gotta, you gotta tell a guy how much you're paying him, and you gotta actually pay it, <laughs> like every other league. It's, uh, you know, the NFL will. Uh, the, I'll always be an enemy of the NFL, which they don't really care about, and I know why. Uh, as long as they don't guarantee the contracts that they give these guys. All right, gents, uh, Friday Fun Fest. We already have a great musical guest lined up.